Well, I, I decided that after um, three weeks of me speaking that you probably got bored of me. And so I've invited um, someone else to speak tonight, and that's Inga, who's going to come in a moment and speak. Um, Inga is um, um, a very interesting person. Um, I say very interesting because it seems interesting to me anyway that she drives trains on the London Underground. And, of course, every boy who's ever lived has always wanted to have a go at driving a train on the London Underground, so I'm quite jealous of her for doing that. But, um, but, but, also, but, but what you'll discover is that prayer is obviously an important part of her life, and, and I've asked her to come and talk on that tonight. So, what is prayer? The Oxford Dictionary definition is a solemn request for help or an expression of thanks to God or another deity. That sounds quite formal, doesn't it? I'd like to describe it as a two-way conversation with God, a time when I can tell God exactly my concerns and worries, just like I would if I was talking to my best friend. Also, I'd like to hear what God has to say about my situation. Just the same as if we were talking and I was listening to you. In his book, Too Busy Not to Pray, Bill Hybels says this about prayer. He says, prayer is an unnatural activity. He alludes to the fact that from birth, we are taught to be self-reliant, self-sufficient and very independent. He says people in the fast lane who determine to make it on their own might see prayer as an embarrassing interruption. Some of us have extremely busy lives, but being too busy to to not talk to God, it's not really an option if we're trying to build a relationship with him. After all, he's the creator of the universe. Statistics show that 75% of people that were surveyed said that at some point in their life they actually have prayed. It might have been a quick arrow prayer to God and they might have had a quick look around to make sure no one was watching. And it would be something like, help me God, I'm drowning in a sea of work and I've got to meet a deadline. It would still be a prayer though. I like to think of prayer as stopping for a moment to pause and to acknowledge who and what God means to me. It can be a time when I experience something from God, like his peace or his love or even his healing. Next, we're going to have a look at what the Apostle Paul said about prayer. So if you've got your Bible... We're going to turn to page 1181. That's 1181. It's a big Bible. And it's Philippians chapter 4. And I'm going to see if I can find it. 1181. Some of you probably got it before me. There we go. Okay. In chapter 4, verse 6, Paul is talking about prayer. And he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Paul tells us not to be anxious about anything. And he says that we can go to God in prayer about everything. From the very start of my faith journey, I sensed that prayer was a vital and important part of helping me to build my relationship with God. It's a lot like our relationships on earth. We have to put time and effort to make them work. So if I say I'm in a relationship with someone and he or she is a good friend, but I don't speak to them or I don't listen to them or take time to see them, it doesn't really make sense to me. To have a relationship with someone, we have to communicate and we have to communicate often. So this takes us on to our second point. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, slide three, please. Why we pray. Mm. I think it's probably one of the most important things of why we pray is to develop that relationship with God. And some of you have heard me talk about this in church before. My favourite scripture probably of all time in the Bible, it's in the Old Testament, and it's Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Whenever I hear this scripture, it reminds me of a time when I prayed to God, and I wasn't a follower of Christ at the time. I was 39 years old, and my life wasn't really going anywhere. And my mum, who's a Christian and a strong believer of Jesus, she wrote in my birthday card, Jeremiah 29, 11. And as I read it that year, it was like something inside me started to fire up. Something stirred in me. I didn't know what it was. So while I was out in the garden, hanging up the washing, I looked up and I said to God, I said, if you've got a plan, God, for me, then you better hurry up and tell me what it is, because next year I'm going to be 40, the big 4-0. And I was like, I want to know what this plan is. And guess what? By the time my 40th birthday came the next year, I'd invited Jesus into my heart and into my life. It was amazing. And I realised then that God was working in my life. And it just really made me feel calm and relaxed, even in some of the most difficult situations I've had since. But it's not just about praying for my own needs or our own needs. It's also really good to pray for other people. If you know someone who's having a really hard time at work or at home or in their family or even with their health, we can offer up a prayer to God. He's never, ever too busy to listen to our prayers. Even Jesus, who had a lot less than we do to distract him, he didn't have the internet, 
He didn't have a mobile phone. He didn't have Facebook and Twitter. Even he felt the need to take himself away from whatever he was doing, from the crowds. And he'd go somewhere alone and he'd pray to the Father. Even Jesus needed help to know what he was supposed to be doing. In John 5:19, Jesus was having a conversation with his disciples and they were kind of asking him why he would kind of go off and pray and, you know, as if he had all the answers. And he says to them, Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. See, Jesus, even Jesus, understood that he needed guidance in this complicated world. He didn't want to get it wrong, so he prayed to God, the Father, for help. So if Jesus was prepared to reach out and ask for assistance, wouldn't it be good for us to do the same? Another reason why we should pray is that it can change the circumstances in our lives. God listens to what's going on in our hearts and he wants to give good things just the same as we all want to give our children good things. Once again, Jesus, who was fully man and who was fully good, God, and he was good, understood the power and the necessity of prayer. There are lots of examples in the Bible where prayer has influenced the outcome of a circumstance or situation. In Exodus 32, Moses has just taken all the Israelites away from Egypt out of slavery. And he's up a mountain for 40 days And they get bored. So what do they do? They melt down all their jewellery and they make a gold calf and start worshipping this gold calf. Well, God sees this. and God doesn't like us to worship other gods. So he gets really angry and he says to Moses, that's it, I'm going to destroy all your people and start again with you. Well, Moses is horrified. So what does he do? The only thing he can do is to pray. So he prays and he pleads with God to spare the people. He stands in the gap and prays on their behalf. And it says in verse 14, Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster that he had threatened. In some translations it says God changed his mind. That was a pretty serious situation. (laughs) But does God really care? about the little things in our lives. One of the funniest answers to prayer in my life so far was one time I was out to lunch with my husband just before we got married. And on visiting this pub previously, we'd only ever been given mustard with our rolls. They come in a basket. Well, I don't like mustard. (laughs) And this particular day, I was feeling particularly fragile and stressed. I think it was pre-wedding jitters, I think they call it. And I really wanted Branston pickle with my roll. I didn't really pray it out loud, but I was groaning in my heart, talking about the pickle in my head, whilst we queued up to order. I was like, God, I just want pickle with my roll. And then we're out in the garden, our rolls come out, and there I see the usual pot of mustard 
and I think to myself, great, no pickle. Then under my roll, I pick it up, under my roll, there's the smallest pot of Branston pickle I've ever seen. And I've never seen one since. It's like a little square thing like you're getting McDonald's with the ketchup in, but it had Branston pickle in. I've never seen one since. Never ever seen one before. Now, do you think God put it there? Maybe God really does care about the details in our lives. And anyway, I was very, very grateful for the Branston pickle. So, let's sum up why we pray. Well, it changes us. Changes our circumstances. It helps us to get to know God intimately. And it will allow God to work in our lives. So, this is quite important. Will God hear me and will he answer me? In James 4, verses 2 to 3, he says, Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. In this verse, it hints that there might be some reasons why God might not answer our prayers. James was one of Jesus' disciples, one of the chosen twelve, and he says that we don't have because we don't ask. But he also says we're asking for the wrong reasons. Does God always answer our prayers? I think he does, but not always in the way in which we'd like or in what we'd expect. In Bill Heibel's book again, Too Busy Not to Pray, he talks about the no, slow and grow answers to prayer. What does that mean? Well, sometimes when we pray, like I said earlier in James, we ask for the wrong reasons which means we're not really asking for the right thing. Or we might be asking God for more patience in a situation when really we should be asking for wisdom. We might even be asking for a wife or a husband and it might just not be the right time. So although the answer is no, it is still an answer. And sometimes it might not be no, it might just be not now. And when God says slow, That means it's not the right time. It might be a right request, but not the particularly right time. We might be racing ahead of God. We might be racing ahead of his plan that he's got for us. I like what Ruth Graham says. She's the wife of the famous Billy Graham. Someone once asked her, does God always answer your prayers? And she said, no, he hasn't. And I'm pretty glad, otherwise I'd have married the wrong man several times so she had a narrow escape there and when God says grow that really makes a lot of sense to me there are many situations in my life where I've really asked God for something and he's not given it to me and he saved me from really making a fool of myself because I just wasn't ready for what I was asking for I needed to do some growing first and because God is all-powerful and all-knowing And he's a God of love. He's not going to give us everything we ask for. He takes into account our immaturity and our limitations. 
No matter how much we think we know what's good for us, God sees the bigger picture. And he's interested in what's best for us. In Romans 8, 28, it says, In all things God works for the good of those who love him. Even the bad things that have happened in the past, God can turn them around and use them to mature you and us and me and prepare me and you and us for the future. So, how do we pray? Page 30 on the Alpha Manual gives you a little acronym, ACTS. Gives you a little assistance of, you know, if you don't never prayed before, it's a good thing to where to start. So, a- adoration. Well, it helps us to focus on God's goodness, on the things that you have seen improve in your life since you started praying. Acknowledge that God is sovereign over the earth and that he's in control, even when you don't feel like it. Believe that he is there with you in your prayer time and that you acknowledge the existence of him and his grace and favour in your life. Secondly, there's confession. I prefer the word communion, as confession makes me think I've done something wrong. And sometimes I have. Sometimes I have to confess my sins to God and ask for his forgiveness. But I also like to talk with God about everyday things that I'm worried about. Thirdly, there's thanksgiving. Tell God how grateful you are that you woke up in the morning, if it's the morning. Or tell him that you've had a wonderful day and give him thanks for your wonderful day. This is also a good time to thank him for any prayers that he might have answered that you'd prayed before. Lastly, supplication. This is a time when you can make your request to God, when you can ask him what you want and you can pray prayers like, Father, Please bless my mum and dad. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. God isn't concerned about the words when we pray. He's concerned that they're honest and truthful and that they're said with a heart that's focused on him. Right. What did Jesus say about prayer? Should we have a look in our Bibles? Page 970. It's in Matthew, chapter 6. 970. Where did I... Aha, chapter 6. There we go. Verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen... And when your father, who sees what's done in secret, will reward you, God is expecting us to pray to him. If he wasn't, Jesus would have said if, rather than when you pray. When the disciples saw Jesus pray, they asked him to teach them how to pray. And Jesus gave them the Lord's Prayer, which I'm sure many of you have heard at some point, Even if you're not a Christian, I'm sure that you've been to a wedding or a funeral where you've heard the Lord's Prayer spoken. So what is it? Well, it begins with our Father in heaven. I talked a little bit about God the Father earlier and how he wants us 
how he wants to be our father and have intimacy with us. So when we say our father in heaven, we're just acknowledging who we're talking to and where he is. Hallowed be your name. This means that we're showing God honour. Often we hear in society God's name being used as a swear word. And that's not honouring him at all. Jesus said we should honour the name of God in our society and in our lives. Your kingdom come. God's kingdom is one of love, peace, justice and compassion. So we pray that our world and our lives will be a reflection of what's going on in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is releasing God's power into our lives. We're saying to the Lord, I really don't know what's going on right now, but I know you do. So I'm going to obey what you say. If you say no, slow or grow, I'm going to accept that. I might not like it, but I will accept it because you're God and you know best. Give us this day our daily bread. I think Martin Luther was right when he said about this part of the prayer, about our daily bread. He says, everything necessary for the preservation of life, like food, a healthy body, good weather, house, home, wife, children, good government, but especially peace. I believe that whatever matters to us really matters to God. Just like my Branston pickle story. Forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. None of us are perfect, thank goodness. And we all need God's forgiveness. You will have heard about that in the Why Did Jesus Have to Die evening. I'm glad this is in the Lord's Prayer, as there are many times in the week that I have to ask for God's forgiveness. It's very important, though, that we learn to accept God's forgiveness and receive it ourselves. When I first became a believer, I found it quite hard to believe that I was worthy of that forgiveness because I felt I'd been such a... Such a... Oh, is that me? I didn't touch it, honest. When I became a believer, I found it really hard to accept God's forgiveness because I felt like I'd been a really big sinner. Huge. And fortunately, though, through prayer and others praying for me and God's power, I have, over the years, been able to be released into the wonderful peace of knowing God's forgiveness. The last verse is... Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We all have weaknesses and we need to pray daily that God will protect us and help us to avoid the areas in our lives where we might be tempted to sin or do wrong. But I would like to stress that God does not tempt us. So, when should we pray? Is there any time... Well, there's no specific rules about when we should pray. Because I drive trains, like Pad said, on the London Underground, I work shift work. 
So there's no real set time for me to pray. I find myself praying at any time, just talking to God as I go along in my day, at different parts of the day. This is just how my prayer life has developed over the years. I do have specific prayers, though, that I pray when I'm working. I ask God to protect me and the people that are on my train. Some people like to pray in the morning. They probably ask God to bless their day ahead. Some people like to pray in the evening. They might like to just thank God for the day they've had. Some people kneel down to pray. Some people stand up. Some people pace up and down. I even know a pastor's wife who prays while she's jogging, and she jogs five miles every day, so that's quite a lot of praying. Praying is personal. It's about you, and it's about God. It's the one time in your life you can really be free to say and feel what you want. No one interfering, no one listening, just you and God. How great is that? When I pray, I always pray in the name of Jesus. I believe there's power in the name of Jesus. And that's how I end my prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. And finally, you'll be pleased to know, because you're probably looking forward to your tea and cake. Um, But before we break, we're going to have a prayer. But I really encourage you to talk to God. Like I said before, If you really want to have a go in your groups, that's great. But if you're not ready for that, then just go home and try it at home. I think you'll be really amazed at how God answers you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you in prayer with all our worries and anxieties. Help us, Father, to hear you and to get to know you better. In Jesus' name, amen.